Hey, travel besties. Welcome back to the Passports and Coffee podcast. A travel podcast where we help you to travel more with a nine to five. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Sharia. Don't forget to grab yourself a cup of coffee. And let's become travel besties and inspire each other to travel the world. Welcome back, besties, to a brand new podcast episode. Today, we have something a little different. As you guys know, I am a registered nurse, and I just got back from the Philippines because I was there for a medical mission. So I think it's important for us to kind of talk about a different aspect of travel because so often when we travel, we see like the touristy things, the beautiful side of a country, but there's so much more to that. So I figured I would give you kind of an eye-opening experience on what it's like to travel to a country, but for a medical mission. I love that idea so much. And I'm so excited to hear more about what that all entails and everything that you did while you're in the Philippines. Yeah, let's just put it this way. Um, healthcare in other countries is not like it is here in America. I don't know what it's like in other countries, so I don't want to speak for everything. So my perspective will be only trying to, you know, do pros and cons based on American healthcare and what I've seen in the Philippines. So definitely an eye-opening experience that I cannot wait to talk about. Um, but before we get started, Shreya, what are you drinking today? Today, I am drinking nothing super crazy. I broke up my French press today, and I'm just drinking a good old cup of joe French press style. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yum. Well, uh, I got back home from Asia like two days ago, so I'm slightly jet lagged. So I've been <laughs> drinking just regular filtered coffee for the last yeah. couple of days. It's been what's like fueling me, but nothing special, just a brewed coffee with some creamer in it. So yeah, I'm, I'm basic today. I think it just must be the date because I was feeling it too. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to hear more about the medical mission. First, um, will you describe what it is for those that maybe not know what a medical mission is? Yeah. So essentially a medical mission is where a group of healthcare workers get together travel to a country and they perform services free of charge. And typically we will bring the necessary equipment that they need, stuff like that. Um, So we are definitely traveling to countries that are less fortunate that do not have the resources for certain medical care. So for example, we went to the Philippines, specifically Barakai Island, and the hospital that we were at, they perform no surgical like services, so no surgeries whatsoever. It's only like solely medical necessities, essentially, right? Because they don't have the resources. So once a year, we come in, the medical mission that I went with, they come in once a year in January, and that's when the island can get surgical services. So we were able to perform major surgeries, minor surgeries, dental was there, ophthalmology was there. So like you had somebody from every single aspect of like the medical care system from the U.S. that came. Um, With that being said, though, too, um, we did have people from all over the world that came. So we had some providers from Australia. There were a few medical providers from the Philippines that work in Manila that came to bring their resources. So a lot of it is just education, 
trying to give them the medical care, medical care that they need. Um, from my perspective and what I was told at one point, they would try to like fix things. So if there was like a blood, like they had high blood pressure, they would try to give them medications, but they would, they realized like that's putting a Band-Aid like on a big hole. Mm -hmm. And like when they left, there was no follow-up or no follow-through. So they switched over from medicine to surgical so that they could fix the problems up front. And they were really trying to focus on like education. So yeah, that's kind of that. So obviously there was nurses of all walk of life. So you had ER nurses. I'm obviously critical care. Um, you had nurses that like operating nurses, pre-op, post-op. Um, you had every type of surgeon that you could think of. So they performed yeah. some like major, major surgeries, um, which was very interesting to see. Um, performing a surgery in a hospital that is not set up for surgery is definitely a very interesting thing to see. <laughs> um, so how many people would you say came for this medical mission? Uh, there's not, a, not, not patients, but there was about over 200. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they also had dentist, um, dental hygienists. They had um, ophthalmology to perform cataract surgery. So they literally had every single type of medical provider that you can think of. Wow. which is very cool. Um, we also spent a good majority of our time educating um, the island on how to do CPR because that's very lucky. That? Um, that was very interesting because very little people know how to perform CPR. Um, also, cardiac death is one of the leading causes of death on the island. So it's something that can save a it's lot important. of people and it's important. But it is very hard. So majority of the people that came for the mission are Filipino that have like left the Philippines. So they were able to speak Tagalog, which is very nice <laughs> because I don't speak a lick of it. Um, yeah. So communicating in these islands where, yes, a good majority of people in the Philippines know English. I want to put that out there. But when you're going to these islands that are a little bit more uneducated maybe I should say like English is not as widely spoken um mm -hmm. but yeah we spent I spent a whole day so like I was for three days I did three different things so like on day one I did minor surgery but we called it lumps and bumps <laughs> so like I kind of assisted removing like lumps and bumps from people and then um day two I helped teach CPR and then on day three I went with the dentist to an elementary school where we taught first graders and second graders how to brush their teeth and then give them fluoride um because like education's a huge like it's yeah their oral care is very bad so like trying to just educate these kids at a young age and try to make it fun um, which was very like eye-opening. It was an eye-opening experience. Yeah. yeah. All what, around. <laughs> what would you say was the most memorable? Because you were only there performing, um, giving care for three days total? Yes. Or were you there? Okay. Yes. And let me tell you something. They're, they're very long days. Um, people may be like, oh, only three days. But I mean, the dentist alone saw over a thousand people. In the three days? So in three oh days, gosh. and the first day wasn't even a full day for them. So if you think about it, in three days, How they were you? able to service over a 1,000 people. 
So we were busy, you know, and that that comes with like tooth extractions. They were doing cleanings, education. We went to the school. So if you think about that, that's a lot of people that they educated, serviced the whole nine. The major surgeries, I think they did like a like a hundred major surgeries in three days. That's a lot. That's wild. Yeah, and then to to perform all of this stuff without your normal equipment, without your normal equipment, your normal resources, like. You had I had to adjust my expectations. I think when you come from a healthcare system where you have every single resource and then you s- still complain <laughs> and then you go to a country that does not have half of what you have, it's very eye-opening. And then to see these people line up and wait all day and are still happy because they're just getting the care that they need – like they didn't care how long they had to wait, you know. Yeah. But it was very actually interesting. When I did um, lumps and bumps, <laughs> I've seen some things be removed where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're like just in this room. And <laughs> Okay. this ho- So this hospital is nothing like the U.S. at all. Um, day one when we showed up, like before the mission actually started, like we were like setting up the hospital. There was an area where we had like all of our um, product. So like if we needed gauze, sutures, whatever, right? And then they had like an area where like all the medical equipment was at. And then like the surgeons had to create a quote unquote sterile surgical area, which is not meant for surgery, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's like there was an area that they set up for cataracts. So like they would have like four or five people in the room at the same time doing cataracts, which if you guys are from America, that would never happen. You know, like <laughs> you would never have more than one person in a room. You had in the lumps and bumps three stretchers and you would have three people having things removed at the same time crazy. Um, And then there was a a section. So circumcisions are really huge in the Philippines, but they get them done later. So like you would have like adolescent boys coming in and getting their circumcisions done. And there would be like two stretchers, but like you would have two people on a stretcher, like an opposite. Yeah. So like the heads would be like together and their feet would like be opposite so there'd be like two circumcisions going on at the same time like just very much like things that would never happen in the U.S. How uncomfortable is that for the the patient? (laughs) Well I mean these kids were just excited to get their circumcisions so like okay it's a thing. So like like ages like 10? Yeah yeah. 12? Yeah. It was just very interesting, you know? Wow. Yeah. What was what was the most memorable thing that happened? Most memorable or the most wild, the most cool experience? I don't know. Mm. To me, it's just like the whole setup. Like, so when I was in lumps and bumps, I'm used to a very, like, sterile environment, right? Like, coming from the ICU, you don't use things more than once, like – if blood's on yeah. something, you toss it, you get something new. Oh, no. <laughs> no. 
you're just putting equipment in like the solution. You dip it. You hope. I was like taking iodine, scrubbing blood off stuff, and then dipping things, and then reusing things, like stuff like that that you would not ever think of mm-hmm. doing. But like, there's no resources, so it's like you're trying to do the best that you can, you know. And it's like you only we only have like so many sterile drapes to put over like the stretchers. So it's like if there's anything visibly soiled, you would just try to clean it off oh. and you wouldn't replace it because there wasn't enough extra to. enough to replace. Like we would start off with like sterile gloves, but then at some point, like we were running out of sterile gloves. You know what I mean? So like their sterile gauze, they opened like a big package of sterile gauze. And what they did is they they took them and then put them in like something else. And like that was considered sterile. But if – you work in the medical field, you know that that's not, Mm -hmm. you know. So like being in a situation where – and I'm very thankful because coming from America, right, and then also being somebody who travels frequently, you know, you have a different perspective on like a lot of things. Yeah. You know, like you and I, we travel quite a bit and we go to all these beautiful places. But how many people travel but actually like immerse themselves in like local – life of some mm-hmm. some kind of standard. And I'm not saying like you guys need to do like medical things, whatever. Get in there to those circumcisions. <laughs> I mean, there's people who are doing it that shouldn't based on like, you know, within our <laughs> scope of practice, okay? <laughs> there was no scope of practice oh happening in the Philippines. But like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like I, I'm very grateful because when I had the opportunity to travel to all these beautiful places, experience things as a tourist, right? Where like these local people are showing you all these beautiful things. And I think people fail to realize that there is like a whole other layer to these places that we travel to. Mm -hmm. And it's like we have blinders on sometimes where we travel and we don't actually understand what's really happening at like the surface level. You know what I mean? So it's like – yeah, you're interacting with these locals, this and that, whatever. But like when you are put into a situation and you're seeing real life Mm -hmm. in that area, it's honestly like eye-opening. And doing this whole medical mission made me realize, one, we have it made really well here in America. And I know a lot of people complain about our healthcare, but until you see what's happening in other countries – you will be thankful, you know, but also it makes me like my perspective at work now anyways, makes me realize like I shouldn't be complaining, you know, because far too often we'll complain at work like, and it's always stupid shit that doesn't really mean anything. You know what I mean? But like when I think about it and I saw what was happening in the Philippines, I'm like, I have no room to complain. I shouldn't be complaining. Like I go to work if I need something, I have the resources, mm-hmm. whether it be equipment or, you know, a certain gauze or a certain needle. Um, I had to start an IV on one of the nurses, like the girl that I went with, and even just their product, like reusing tourniquets. They didn't have alcohol swabs. So it's like certain things that we take for granted. That for us, we have life. so and much in excess. Exactly. And I know like this is like medical heavy and a lot of you guys may not be in the medical field, but like you can really relate this to like any aspect in your life, right? Like us having ex- like access to all of this excessive things that 
we take for granted every single day. Mm -hmm. But then you go to a country where like they don't have certain things that are normal for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So we traveled before the mission. Um, I traveled extensively throughout the Philippines for a couple weeks. And I was talking – we did like this boat tour. I'm going to kind of get off topic of the medical mission, yeah. but it's kind of related. I mean, it's pretty still talking about Philippines. I want to know more about what yeah. you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Um, but we spent like three days on this boat, island hopping in like remote parts of um, Palawan. And we were talking to some of the workers on the boat. And like the education, it's just like education points, right? Like – one of them was smoking and they realized that we were all nurses and something was said about them not understanding like the harmful side effects of smoking. So it's like just certain things that like you don't mm-hmm. understand. It's just like an education standpoint too. But then like also um, they got a really nice tip from us. And for us, it wasn't a lot of money like in American standards, like what we tipped for them doing everything for us for four or five days, I would have tipped a lot more, but we were told not to, you know what I mean? Based on price of living and stuff like that. But the one um, guy was like, oh, I'm going to treat my family to McDonald's. And it's just like, mind you, the McDonald's, okay. <laughs> I did eat McDonald's in, in the Philippines. I know we have a whole episode on McDonald's and yes, bitch, I ate McDonald's in the Philippines. Um, but it's cheap in the Philippines. And like for a coffee, what we paid in the Philippines like would equal almost like 40 cents, I think, in the US. Yeah. A hash brown was like 50 cents. You know what I mean? So like I think about it and I'm like, that's not a lot of money. But like here, for someone in the Philippines, like we gave them a tip and their celebratory for their family is to take them to McDonald's because they want to like treat their family and their kids mm-hmm. to like a meal that they wouldn't necessarily be able to like afford or do on a daily basis. Yeah. So it's just like certain things like that that like we may take for granted in our own daily life that may not actually be something that someone can do. Yeah. It's just like eye-opening. And, you know, I've always known that. But then it's just a whole other like – It puts into such a different perspective when you actually have built a relationship with somebody for four or five days. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, I'm so excited to be spending $3 to feed my whole entire family yeah. dinner. Mm-hmm. And it really is humbling and such a beautiful experience to witness too because – you, it makes you feel bad about not being happy in some little things in life because mm-hmm. like you see them and they're truly yeah. so genuinely happy and it makes you feel so bad. Well, You're like, why am I not happy? So that was kind of mentioned. Um, so one of the girls that was with me on the mission, she's not very well traveled. So it was – okay, Asia, if you've never been to Asia, it's a, it's a learning experience in <laughs> itself, okay? But going to Asia and have it being like the first time you ever left the country, that's really eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole way of life is completely different in Asia. She like made some comment about like she felt so bad. I'm like, yeah, but look at everybody. Mm-hmm. They're all happy. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a fraction of what we have. Mm-hmm. They don't have half of the resources that we 
have at like our fingertips and they're happy. Like none, the kids are not on their phones. You know, everyone's out playing, joking, having a great time. Anytime a kid saw us around, like, you know, cause we're Americans. Yeah. I'm white as can be. It's very apparent. I'm not from that area. And they're just so intrigued, you know, and it's just something that is eye-opening and, you know, being well-traveled, like it happened, like I'm used to it, but like when you just, so as a nurse, like being there to provide medical care in a different country that is so very different than what you are used to is even more eye-opening. Like imagine going to a different country, having to perform your daily job how you would normally do it, but not have even remotely close to the resources, have to do things completely different, things that are not allowed in your country, like certain things that you're doing Mm -hmm. to help people is very eye-opening. So it was just one of those things where I was like, whoa. And at one point I was like telling somebody that was with, I was like, you got to adjust your expectations because what we would expect at home to perform our job is not what we are going to be able to have here. Mm -hmm. So you just have to really adjust your expectations. And then I think too, it kind of helped because after our day in the hospital, we'd go and get dinner. I think there was a little bit more of a like appreciation for everything that we were doing because then we were seeing a lot of these people in the community. That's so cool. And so we went to dinner one night um, at this place called Hobbit Tavern. And um, it's all little people, by the way. (laughs) Hobbit Tavern. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we passed this place multiple times, like the whole time we were in like Barakai, because it's like kind of like in this, like it's called the mall. Uh There's a lot of restaurants and a lot of like shopping, whatever. And it's like right smack dab in the middle of everything. So it's like you pass this place a lot. So when I first passed it, you know, there's this little person at the front, like trying to get you to look at the menu. And I didn't really think anything of it. So then one night we were really craving like a burger because I was like, I'm just, I was tired of rice. (laughs) Like I love rice. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I need like, yeah. after like three weeks, I'm like, I need something like substantial. So we were kind of like in the, in the mood for a burger. So we were like, well, there's this tavern place. They have a lot of like American style food, you know, like kind of like a bar pub, whatever. So Mm -hmm. we went to go sit down and then I'm starting to realize like all everybody that works there is a little person. And at first, like when I saw the second one, I was like, this isn't a coincidence, is it? And then there was (laughs) another one and then another one. And then come to find out, I was like, wait a minute. I I taught him CPR the other day. I We did something on this person and they all came up and they're like, oh, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Like they were so appreciative. And then um, I taught a couple of these bouncers CPR at this like bar Mm -hmm. club at um, on the island. And the last night, when we were at the club, because yes, we did go to the club with the medical director, by the way. <laughs> I think about it and I'm like, that would never fly in America. Like you could never see me catch like catch me dead with my medical director or my CNO out partying. Like one, I don't think they would want to hang out with us, but also like never would happen. And they sure as hell wouldn't be paying for our drinks. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> But we were at this nightclub and I like trained all of these bouncers on how to do CPR. So then like when I walked in, they were like, oh, Kayla, like they all. (laughs) So it was like one of those things where it's like it's such a small community, but they're so appreciative of everything that we did for them. Like it was like a thank you everywhere we went. 
like, oh, yeah, yeah, you did that for me. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, it makes you feel good that like, yes, I'm traveling, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a country, but I'm also doing something good as well. You're making an impact. Yeah, it's just so humbling and you're making an impact and you're really trying to like change the perspective on things, try to educate to make things a better place for them in the future. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, our goal is, is like, we, you know, like you're not going to make a huge impact right off the bat when you do something, right? But if you consistently do something – and I I think Daisy, Mama Daisy was saying that there were several people in our CPR class that came back to renew. So – and their education stuck because a lot of them remembered like, you know, basic BLS. So it's, it's nice to see that yeah. – our education that they have done for years because um, the group that I went with, this was the 24th year. So wow. they've been doing this for 24 years. And yes, they're making an impact. Yes, it's always going to be needed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with like the lack of – like it's just one of those things where they were doing a major surgery and one of the patients lost a lot of blood. They don't have blood on the island. What do you guys do? So they had to call the hospital in Manila and then Manila had to – like somebody had to come and fly down blood and that's not a quick thing. No. So like, okay, a normal hemoglobin is like – well, okay, let's just say 12, okay? Okay. Her hemoglobin was five. Oh, geez. So that is a significant drop in hemoglobin and it's just kind of crazy because that's very low. Mm-hmm. I mean, we typically like in the hospital, depending on how big the drop is, but typically if you're like kind of staying the course, you don't we don't typically transfuse until like you're in the sevens. So because like some people will just sit normal like eight or nine. I know I'm getting really medical. I should probably. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is, is like it's very low. And to be like that critically, because that's a critically low number, like that's very yeah. low. And then to see like a patient kind of like circle the drain and knowing how like it's kind of one of those things where it's like we knew what we needed to do, but we physically couldn't do it. So then you're sitting there kind of watching somebody like essentially yeah. die, even though she wasn't dying. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're essentially sitting here watching somebody decompensate when you know what you can do, but you don't have the resources. So then it's like you're just sitting here waiting for like it to come. So yeah, I guess they had to fly um, blood from Manila to the island. And then I was like, well, what happens if somebody's stroking, like having a stroke or a heart attack? They don't have what we have in America where like if you're stroking, you come to the hospital, we can get a CT scan. Yeah. I guess if you need any kind of like certain testing, you have to go to like Manila. So like um, I guess one year they were removing some bumps. One of the doctors – removed something and they knew like right away that it was like cancerous Mm. but they can't give any of that information so what they do is they send a part of it with the patient was like okay well you're gonna have to go to manila to get it tested but the problem is is these people don't have the resource or the money to leave the island to go make an appointment in manila to get things tested so then it's like yes i removed something but it's a bigger problem that we can't necessarily solve. So like, yes, it's a humbling experience. Yes, we're making an impact, but also at the same time, there's things that like we can't fix. It's also sad too because it's like we can't fix yeah. it. 
you know? So it's a very, it's something that like as healthcare providers, we're always wanting to fix people and try to like do the right things. And then when you're in a situation where you can't do that, it's very, very humbling. Yeah. So I I also saw okay so this guy <laughs> this guy came in with this like huge mass on the back of his knee so we opened this guy up and it was like this huge gelatinous mass oh ew. that was intertwined with like his like veins and stuff oh no okay i guess it's a a tendon it was like a tendon something never seen this before in my entire life and then in my head i'm like i can't believe this man is completely awake and we just gave him local anesthetic and we're just like <laughs> popping things out left and right. And you should have seen this thing. This thing came out and it was like huge and gelatinous. And I was like, I have a oh video of it on my phone because I was like, I'm never going to see this again in my life. Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, oh my You'll God. Crazy. I, I don't get squeamish. Like, blood doesn't make me squeamish squirm and I, I like those pimple popping videos I'm oh well, we did people. a lot of that a lot of cysts okay we popped a <laughs> lot of cysts like at one point I was working with this doctor who's from Australia far far if you're listening to this I'm sure you're not but I absolutely <laughs> loved this physician she's like an ER doc and she's like just call me Dr. Pimple Popper I was like you kind of are you're the Dr. Pimple Popper of the Philippines because like another lump and bump would come in she's like it's a sis. And then she would pop it. She's like, do you think it's a boy or girl? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was great. And then she was, like, showing, like, all of them. She's like, you want to know what color it is? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was just one of those things. How many different colors can they be? Um, You'd be surprised. Like, blue? Orange? It can be any well, color, to be honest. If it's bleeding. Well, it all depends, too, like, on um, – because it's basically, like, skin cells. Yeah. Like underneath the sack. I, I just suppose. like marinate. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Very interesting. Oh. Well, how did you remove that one one behind the knee then if it was like intertwined with the blood vessels? Like how do you Well, Far was having a really hard time yanking it and we had to give this man so much lidocaine, yeah. like local anesthetic, because like we were like pulling because it like wasn't coming up. It was like intertwisted in this like um, tendon. So then we had another surgeon come in because she was like, she's like, I need an actual surgeon for this. So then like you kept, we kept like peeling back layers because it was also like intertwined in like the muscle too. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And granted, like I'm not in the OR, Mm -hmm. so I don't see stuff like that. And I just was like, what the hell? And then I was like, I can't believe we're doing this just in a random room. And there's literally, okay. And you know, HIPAA, HIPAA is a thing here in the US. HIPAA does not exist during the mission. Okay. Because I don't know how many people were coming in the room, checking things out. Cause I mean, it's, it's very eye opening. Yeah. Things that you don't see at home, you know, and then you have like lumps and bumps that like here in America, most people probably wouldn't let grow to the size that it grows. Yeah. It was just very, very interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the Thule's were very interesting too. Um, Thule's are, are circumcisions. Um, <laughs> everybody did Thule's except for me. I just was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Give me the love. Give but me I, the bum. Give me the sis. <laughs> but I guess like the Thule's were the most interesting. And like the kids were so excited once they got circumcised. 
that's so wild to me yeah i guess it's a it's a thing i guess in the philippines so like because we asked we're like well why don't they just get it like when they're babies like and they made a good point they're like because majority of the people are not born in hospitals oh and it makes sense yeah because they're not most most of these kids are born in like at Mm. home in their villages and stuff like that so they wait until missionaries come and that's like a very common easy procedure that can be done wow to be a boy and be excited for that I know, right? <laughs> and it's like it, they kind of like make it as like it's like their manhood. They're like, yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's that's in and a way really like, sweet, but that's still but so then vile. I was like, that's kind of weird that like <laughs> circumcisions are just like super. Yeah, I don't know, very weird. <laughs> but yes, very eye-opening experience. I'm glad I did it. I think um, it just kind of puts in perspective. Like, I think for future travels, just to realize that there's a whole other world to these places that we're traveling to. So mm-hmm. I think like my main goal of me just coming out and talking about this, because I know not everybody's medical, so you can't necessarily go on a medical mission. But I think there's other ways that you can kind of give back to these communities and kind of help out where you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just very important as travelers that we also give back to the communities that we travel to. Yeah, you know? it's just a good good thing too to see where like they're the people that are there, like living it in the ground, it's just good to see like where they're coming from and mm-hmm. puts into respect perspective that it's not all just like the shiny, shiny ball or the shiny star, but mm-hmm. people live real lives too. And sometimes they're just growing huge masses on the back of their legs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like but the does. Philippines is very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what the- else did you do when you, outside of the three days of, okay. So I started my trip in Seoul, South Korea. So it was cheaper for me to do a round trip ticket from Seoul to Detroit than like try to get to Manila and then like to one of the islands. So I decided I flew out just before my birthday. I arrived on the day of my birthday in Seoul. So I decided to have like a full on spa experience in Seoul. I ate a lot of good food and I did a lot of like spa things which I loved. Like we did a facial and then I did um, a 15-step scalp treatment. Very interesting. That was like so interesting. Like they take this microscope and like look at your scalp and they can determine like what kind of products and stuff that you need. Like my scalp was red and looked like it was screaming that it was so angry. Like disgusting. And then they like after they do like the whole 15 steps and like these steps are – different for everybody. So it's all based on the analysis of your scalp, right? Yeah. So mine was different than my friend's. So she had stuff different. But I mean, it's all 15 steps, right? Yeah. So after the 15 steps, they then take the um, microscope, whatever, to take a look at your scalp. And it's like a completely different scalp after these like 15 steps it was crazy so what did it mean that your scalp was red what did that what did that mean well like just irritation like they could tell that my scalp was really oily as well and then it's like I had dandruff with like these like flakies yeah it just looked really angry oh yeah (laughs) and then um like I said we did facials and then from there um we flew to Coron so we basically spent our time in Palawan uh Philippines and we started in Coron um, from Crone, we did like a four day, three night 
um, boat trip with Tahoe Experience or Tahoe Expedition, but they don't want to be called Expedition anymore. <laughs> Anyways, basically, we were on a typical um, Filipino boat and okay. we went from island to island and we stayed in these little like huts in remote parts of like the islands. It was That's... so much fun. So we basically lived, breathed, slept on the island. Basic, yeah. Basic like Filipino, how they would like in a normal village. I will say though, the food that the chef made for us, so fresh. Now, if you like seafood and if you like fish, that's that's all for you. I personally am not that, so I ate pretty much vegetarian, but amazing food. What it what are some dishes? Um, so they would basically catch the fish just before they ate it. So oh a lot gosh. of fish, a lot of prawns, um, a lot of squid. Okay. Um, they fried a lot of stuff and then, um, breakfast was always different too. Um, so they use like a lot of banana. Mm. They fry banana a lot. So good. We had like an oatmeal one day with like fried banana and like pineapple. Oh, so good. It was so good. And then like one morning I had like um, a breakfast sandwich. Like if you guys know me personally, you know I'm a hoe for a breakfast sandwich, okay? I make one like every single day at home. The patties looked almost like hamburger meat. And it really? tasted almost like hamburger meat. But it was like ground like um, banana. Oh. Very weird. Tasted amazing though. Like – so good. Yeah. But yeah, the food was just really great. Very fresh. Um, they call the rice like Filipino power. You have rice with everything. Yep. Um, Welcome to I Asia. I love rice. Don't get me wrong. But like at some point I was like, all right, we're 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 good on the rice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like you go to like a fast food joint and it's like you get rice on the side. So good. <laughs> Okay, well, it's like Jolly Bees. I tried Jolly Bees. What is that fried you know, chicken like or something? The thing. It's like a chicken. It's almost like a KFC okay. kind of. And rice. Like you get uh, no, it, no, it comes with a side. No, a side of spaghetti. Oh, okay. spaghetti. I remember. Very weird. I do remember hearing that. Yeah. I've never been. It's so. weird. Yeah, but and then um, after our boat ride in Crone, we went to El Nido. And we stayed on the Tahoe farm. Mm -hmm. So essentially this farm is 100% like working. Everything that you eat and consume was made right there on the farm. So all the meat, so like the pork, chicken, whatever you eat, the fish that you eat was caught that morning or slaughtered. Wow. They have like all the fruits and vegetables that you eat right from the farm. That's really cool. Yeah. So that was really cool. That was kind of like our relaxation. And then after that, we went to Barakai for the mission. So awesome. It was for me, it was very much a, a relaxation before before the, the work. Yeah. Did you spend any time in Manila in Manila? No. Okay. No. I did not. Um I, we were thinking about it, but I just didn't have enough time. I think next time I go, I'd like to spend at least a day or two. Um, mm -hmm. I hear doing like a food tour is really good in Manila. Um, but yeah, no, we didn't spend any time in Manila. So okay. we did our like city 
in yeah. soul. But I, I will – I think if I do it again, I kind of want to do soul at the end and do like my facial and everything at the end of the trip there because I bought all of my Korean skincare at the beginning and I had to lug that shit around for like three weeks, dude. Fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen okay i love sheet masks I, I it looks like i was like smuggling shit into the u.s man you should that see is hilarious i bought so many fake so much i put them in a box and i was like it looks like i literally have enough to supply the whole u.s for a year <laughs> and i'm not mad about it but i broke it down by cost and like i think it ended up being like 25 cents per sheet mask Girl. Which is cheap because here in America, you buy a sheet mask at Sephora and it's like 15 bucks a sheet mask. I'm like, I could resell this and make some money. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah. Wow. So Were they were they brands that you've already purchased before or mm-hmm. were they new brands? Okay. So all of my skincare, basically I replaced everything that I use. So like I just got like extras because it mm-hmm. was cheaper to buy in Korea than obviously to buy here. And then um, sheet masks, I bought some that I've used before and like some brand new ones. And then I did buy some additional new type of skincare as Mm. well. So fun. Yeah. So I had a fun time. It was definitely, you know, a good mixture of work and play, good eye-opening experience, but also fun, you know, where you're able to kind of let loose. Because I think as healthcare providers too, like we're always just taking care of other people. So it was kind of nice to take care of ourselves and do some nice R&R before we actually had to like work and, you know, take care of people. So, yeah. Are you, so are you going to go back next year? I think I'm going to. Um, we discussed yeah. it. It is going to be their 25th year. So we'll see. But I think they're talking about possibly doing it somewhere out, like not in Barakai. Um, from okay. – what they were talking about, I guess there's some changes, like the health department of the Philippines are like making some changes to how mm. missions are ran. So they can't really make any definitive plans now. They have to wait and kind of figure out what kind of changes are going to be done to see how they can provide medical care from there. So, yeah, But I do know sense. too, like we brought like batteries because a lot of stuff in the – facility was like battery operated so we brought a lot of batteries we also had to bring um vitamins as well so we brought adult vitamins as well as children's vitamins so we packed things up in like baggies so each person got like a month's supply okay so it was um very interesting and I'm glad I did it and I hope I'm can be of inspiration for somebody to do something of some sort next time they travel yeah that's awesome yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience and telling us a little bit, a little peek behind the curtain into healthcare in other countries, another maybe third world countries and what you did in the in the island of Boracay and yeah, I'm 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 happy that you had a good time and got to see a whole new side of yeah, of travel. So with that, if you guys want to, if you have any questions about medical missions, definitely um, head over to Instagram, send us a DM, and I couldn't answer any questions for you, but I know Kayla, Kayla can answer more. <laughs> I will answer all the questions. So if you're getting an answer, it's I don't have me. any medical training, so I don't think you'd want any mm. medical advice from me. So I would tell you to 
drink some water and some green tea and take a nap. That's probably would be my diagnosis. <laughs> I mean, it might help for some people. Um, but you yeah, know? we hope you, that you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys next week for a brand new episode. Bye, besties. Bye, you guys. Hey, travel besties. Kayla and I would love to say thank you for listening to today's episode of the Passports and Coffee podcast. We hope you found a helpful travel tip and some inspiration to help you escape the nine to five. We would love to connect with our travel besties over on Instagram at Passports and Coffee podcast. Slide in our DMs and let us know what you loved about this week's episode or share a screenshot to your story. We would love to know you love the episode as much as we do. All right, travel besties, tune in next week for a fun travel conversation over a cup of coffee.